Good morning, everybody. Sister Jessica here. Welcome to our Sunday morning service. We've got a lot happening on the Hill over the next couple of weeks, and we want you to be a part of it. Stay tuned for our weekly announcements. Tickets are on sale for our church's 100th year anniversary banquet. That's right, it's the Centennial Banquet of the Year and you don't wanna miss it. This year's banquet will be held at the Riverfront Center. All sponsorship, tables, and tickets are available now on our church app, on our website, and there will also be someone available in the foyer to assist you every Sunday. This event is semi-formal and open to the public. All the proceeds from this benefit will go towards the construction of our new youth building. A special thank you in advance to all of our family and friends for your support. Hello everybody, my name is Chief. And I'm Trinity. I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait to play in the new youth building. Yeah, finally something just for us. You know, there's not a lot of places that are fun and safe. So we hope that you guys can help make this happen for us. You can help by purchasing a table or a ticket for the Centennial Gala in September. That's right. Get your gold, silver, or bronze table. Our proceeds go to our youth building. We appreciate you being alive at our church. And in our community. And, and until, until next time, time we'll, we'll see you at the gala. gala. Rehearsals for the Centennial Reunion Choir have begun. Every Thursday at 7 p.m., for the Sanctuary Reunion Choir and every Saturday at 1045 a.m. for the Reunion Youth Choir. Don't forget to complete the registration form to have access to all of the pertinent details and activities leading to our homecoming concert on August 19th. Homecoming is a tradition that we all know and love. It's an opportunity for us to call back former members to a place that we all call home. And to celebrate our 100th year anniversary, we're calling all former Zion Hill Music Ministry members back. We're talking about the Zion Hill Music Ministry Centennial Celebration. It's going to be a star-studded event, a concert that you won't want to miss. And we're going to be doing some of your favorite songs from the past, including Leaning on Jesus. And Right Division. And many more. So all former members, make sure that you register to be a part of the youth or sanctuary reunion choirs. And audience, we haven't forgotten about you either. You can scan the QR code to make your request known for any song that you want to hear from back in the day. So August 19th, 6 p.m., all roads lead to Zion Hill. We'll see you on the red carpet. Hey, hey. Hello, everybody. Sister Jessica here to kick off our 100 days Zion Hill Centennial Celebration. That's right, we will be kicking off our 100th year anniversary with a ton of activities leading up to the big day. And boy, are we excited. What a time to be alive for this once in a lifetime experience. Our prayer is that God be glorified and the people of God be unified by being the light of this world, a city that's set on a hill. 100 years of shining the light bright and here's how you can participate. We will expound on our Be The Light campaign, 100 years of shining the light in the month of June by being the light of a church. In July, being the light by serving. In August, being the light in our community. And finally, in September, being the light by giving. Be sure to stay connected with us and visit us at all of our social media platforms to stay informed about all the activities happening over the next 100 days.
thanks for listening to this week's announcements. Let's get ready to worship. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth, and I shall make a boast in the Lord, for he is good. A little bit further down in Psalms 103, it says, He forgiveth all our iniquity. He delivered us from destruction. Lord God, we thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you for, for truly, we didn't wake ourselves up this morning. We're not even keeping ourselves. But truly, it's all about you, Lord God. Father God, we thank you for the angel of the house, Lord God. We pray and ask that you will continually bless him, Lord God, with the blessings that you see he stand in need of. Strengthen his mind, body, soul, and his spirit. Even his family, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for sitting high and looking low, Lord God. Lord God, we even pray for this, Lord God. For all our sin, transgression, and iniquity, Lord God, that we may have committed against thee in thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy thought, and thy deeds, Lord God. Father God, we just want to praise you. We want to worship you. We want to magnify you. Lord God, we, we're here this morning for the reading of your will. Your will is your word, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God. So just have your way, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Heal, deliver, save, and set free. In the name of Jesus, and we welcome our first-time visitors, and we welcome our online viewers. May the Lord continually bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, Zion Hill. Good morning. Would you stand to your feet with us this morning? We want to just offer the Lord a praise. Is that all right? Put your hands together like this.
we just want to say if no one else will praise you, God, we will, Lord. So we offer this worship unto you, O God. Lord, we put you first in all that we do, God. I find space for what I treasure, and I make time for what I want. I choose my priorities, and Jesus, you're my So I will make room for you. I will prepare for two so you don't feel that you can't live
the Lord. Come on, help me thank God for our worship team one more time. What a blessing. We all need to make room for Almighty God in our lives. It's time for us to honor God with our giving. Amen. Permit me to do three things quickly. Number one, I want to bring you up to date concerning our effort to raise funds for our youth building. For those of you who are visiting us for the first time, we are trying to keep our kids out of jail. We're trying to get them off the street. And by permission of the Holy Spirit, we're building a digital facility for them where they can fellowship, have fun, and learn and use their brain for the glory of God. It will cost us $4 million plus. And so we are proceeding and believing God that we will begin construction this year. All minds clear? Now we have planned as part of our celebration of 100 years of existence as a church. We decided to spend some of those time to raise funds. The more money we're able to raise, the less we will have to pay monthly for the bank. Stay with me now. Now, we, we have some disappointment along the way, but it's nothing too difficult for God to fix. In fact, I can tell you I don't know anything that I ever did in my life that I don't run into the devil along the way. So that's just, so I'm kind of used to having to completely depend on God, you know. And basically, all of our plans are going on fine. Our planning committee, they're doing a great job to prepare for a banquet 
on September 16th and our worship service on September 17th. All right? Our guest speakers for the banquet will be our state senator, uh, Senator Katrina Jackson, uh, who is a friend, and also we have Senate, uh, U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy will be our guest. Our goal is to invite everybody in the community to help us so that we make this a community affair. We hired or contracted a company out of Baton Rouge, a professional fundraiser, to help us raise the funds but they, they quit on us. And the reason why they quit is very simple. They discover they don't know all the players in our area. In other words, they cannot perform what they promise. So the bottom line is now, we live here, we know our own community, we know who is who, we know all the players in the Chamber of Commerce, so we have a good vision to keep kids off the street, to keep kids out of jail. Then we have a good reputation as a church. So that is going on for us. Now what we need is that all of us, we have to step up to do what we contracted the company from Baton Rouge to do. All minds clear? So because we know our community, we know who is mayor, we know who is sheriff, we know who is police chief, we know who is business owner, we know all the working family. We have friends, we have loved ones. So we have to go into the community and make it happen for ourselves. All minds clear? So that's the task before us now. We have told you that we're going to have a banquet at the riverfront. Is that the right place? Riverfront? Uh, and we have tables to be sold. We have table, we call one gold level. That's a $1,000. Then we have silver level, that is 750. And then we have bronze level, that is 500. In addition to that, we have individual ticket. I believe that's $75. All minds clear? Now stay with me now. Here's what we need you to do. Obviously, I need your prayers. And I'm grateful for your support so far. You guys have done remarkably well. In fact, you have done beyond my expectation. Uh, it's been remarkable what God has done through the congregation. Without anybody out there, we have raised over $200,000 on our own. And guess how it happened? You giving. Some of you, you, you are into, we, 
introduced the, the time the church was founded, uh, 1925 or so, and then we asked you to give $19.25 every month. Some of you have been incredibly faithful for that. How do I know? Because I'm seeing the record. I'm behind the scene looking at the records. You're giving. Then we started another thing called Pastors Club and encouraged people to give $1,000. Many of you again step up. So I pray for that club every week. That's what Paul did. Paul said, you ministered to my needs, so I'm praying that God will supply all your needs. That's scriptural for pastors to do that. Then we come up with another idea, simply saying every department should raise $5,000 each. Again, you stepped up. Obedience, birth blessing. And just in that effort, several departments, several ministries, several auxiliary raised 5000 Some of you even raised more than 5000 just that effort alone brought more than $40,000. And the amazing thing is that we did it within a few months. Not years, few months. So this congregation, for the record, those of you who are live streaming, those of you watching international, or hearing this on radio or television, it's been incredible what the people of God are doing in this house. So, but I got to also admit that since the house is not completed yet, we cannot be weary in well doing. Because if we quit, then we miss our reward. The Bible talks about due season. Am I still in the book? But it conditioned it only if you don't give up. So what we're asking you to do now, every Sunday, members of the planning committee will be out there in the lobby. They have solicitation letters or documents. And we need you to pick these letters up and take it to your friends, take it to your family members, take it to your children that are out of town, take it to your employers, take you to businesses. So what we were going to be contracting somebody, by the way, we paid them already. So we're going to deal with that. I'm a lawyer. Don't worry about that. Believe me, we will get our money back. In fact, I'm thinking of asking for more. But that's another topic for another day. All right? Because in law, there's something we call detrimental reliance. So, but this is not a law class. What I want you to, to do for us as a church, we can do this community. We know the players. But it's not going to happen unless all of us go and work that field. So all minds clear? So every Sunday, 
There'll be somebody in that lobby. Just pick up the documents and let's see God work through you and me. I'm going to be working the phone also. A few years ago, I thought I was running for office. I didn't know God was training me on how to go and knock on doors for money. So it amazes me how God works. So members of the committees are going out. The pastor is going to be knocking on doors and members. So all of us together, I believe we're going to win and win big time. Do I have an amen? amen? All right. That completes my first assignment. The second assignment is to also kind of remind you or teach some how to have financial dominion. Because I cannot ask you to give money that you don't have. So part of my assignment is to teach you how to make money. Got to be brutally honest with you. I can be dancing around the edge and be coloring it and, and speaking Greek and Hebrew, but I like to shoot straight with people. The mistake that we make as a people is that we pray for money. Money doesn't come by prayer. I hate to mess up your religion. And you can see the evidence. That's why many people stay broke. All right? When it comes to financial dominion, in the Bible, it is a covenant matter. What did I call it? It doesn't come by fasting. You can fast until you lose 50 pounds. You will still be broke. Financial dominion is what? A covenant matter. And this is what God said. If you want to dominate in the area of finance, he said as long as the earth remains, you can enter the contract, seed time, and harvest. Night and day. Cold and heat. We look like God must be telling the truth. Because it's hot. Amen. So what you do is to is to basically enter a covenant. Not with man, not with me, not with church, not with anybody, but with God. And his covenant is very simple. If you give, then it shall be given to you. Many of you have interpreted that to say, if you pray, then it shall be given to you. There's no such scripture. That is why a lot of people stay broke. Because they are praying. Lord, please help me. Help me pay my rent. Lord, please help me. I want to buy me a house. I want to own a brand new car. Just like Ray Ray. But know what God is asking you to do is to enter into a covenant. When you give, you receive. And by the way, in that covenant with God, 
God is not obligated to move until you move. Harvest doesn't come before seed time. Please take it very seriously. When I was coming up, we sing a song, uh, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. And then they say, Here it is. There shall be showers of blessing if you trust and obey. In other words, you got to trust what God says. And you got to obey him. If you don't trust him and obey, then count yourself out. For the rest of your life, you'll be struggling. I've seen so many good people do that. But being good doesn't bring financial dominion. Verse 2 of that hymn, when you get a chance to read the word, it said, there will be season of refreshing. If you let God have his way. So you have to stop all this religious mess that we all grew up with and embrace the word of God. And if you work the Bible, the Bible will work for you. All minds clear? Well, that brings me to my final assignment. I want to pray with you. I truly believe that your place is at the top. And I want to pray with you that God will open doors. There will be showers. He said, test me and see. <laughs> if I would not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, I want to see your children succeed. I want to see your children's children succeed. That which the church failed to teach us, now it's a new season. Let's pass to the next generation. Wholeness. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Everybody stand to your feet. You can sit down for this kind of prayer. Hallelujah. After we pray, the choir will minister to us. The ushers will minister to you. Amen. Let's give. Giving is receiving. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the faithfulness of this congregation. I could have come this morning and just go through religion. You have revealed to us the secret of financial dominion. Holy Spirit, pick it up. We are stuck. Amplify the word of God in our hearts. Help our understanding, oh God. Lord, I pray for a, a season of refreshing in the life of everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you there's going to be a shift, a shift from poverty to wealth. I thank you, oh God, that you will give us power to get wealth. I thank you that you are covenant-keeping, covenant-making God. Have your way in this congregation. 
let this church stand out in the community. That people will come from north and south, east and west, to behold the glory of God. And ask questions, what are you all doing? Why is everybody doing good in this church? I thank you that you will bless your people beyond measure. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Give God your loudest amen. amen. So, you may be seated.
this choir. Amen. And our young people choir, youth choir. What a blessing as part of our celebration of 
100 years of existence. We're inviting all choir members, whoever sung in this choir, to come back home and have an hallelujah good time. Anybody remember the date? What is the date? What time? So please mark your calendar. We're expecting you to please spread the word. We're on television. We're on radio. We are telling the whole world is happening here. I would like to see you also to take your rightful place. Amen. Amen. I know I'll be there. Amen. Also, I want to say thank you to all of you that help our young people. They had a lock in here and they had a wonderful time in the Lord. That is what it's all about. So always celebrate those precious brothers and sisters that God is using to make things happen here. It's just good for these young people to have a good time before school begins. Amen. And please let's keep our young people in our prayers as they go back to school. Not just young people, even adults. We have many people, bus drivers, school teachers, uh, maintenance, principals, all kinds of people. Even your pastor work in the school system. So please keep all of us in prayer that this school season will be a blessed one. Amen. Do we have any guests in the house today? I see my brother, uh, Professor Oyeyemi, and his lovely wife, and we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let, let them see you, Professor, and your daughter. These are my people. These are our family friends, and they are so humble. And the wife is a, a big shot in Procter Gamble. It's one of the executives there, you know. And the husband is a, has a PhD in in science, the biology and chemistry, all those things I can't even spell. <laughs> and he's also a preacher. So, amen. We welcome you, sir. We love you. Thank you for taking out of your busy schedule to be here. Also, we have a sheriff in the house, uh, Sheriff Wood. Amen. Please stand. I want people to see you. Amen. Amen. Brother Wood is seeking re-election as a sheriff here in Rapis Parish. He is not a stranger to this church, and not a stranger to many of you, but if you, if you don't know him and you want to get to know him, just, just take advantage of his presence here and hug him and put some makeup on his face. It's, and say the pastor told me to do it. 
I will wish you the very best, my brother. Thank you. The next time you're coming, make sure you bring your wife. Uh, she's more good looking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We are so grateful for your leadership in the community. Thank you for helping us keep the peace. We need peace in this community. Amen. He is running for election. Also, I want you to know one of our children here in the house, Pastor Clarence Reed. He is also running for police juror. So, amen. Praise God. Stand, let them see you. So, we are blessed. Amen. I told one of our children that wanted to be a mayor of a local city uh, outside this community. I, I told her, I said, yes, run, baby, run. <laughs> yes, indeed. Ain't no shame in my game. Uh, we want good people in all these offices. So please always love on them, encourage them, support them. Anything you can do to make things happen for central Louisiana, please do so. Amen. Amen. All minds clear? Amen. Do we have any more guests in the house? I don't want to leave anyone out. Any more guests? We just want to celebrate you. Well, let's all stand up. Let's walk around and say hello to somebody and just bless them, hug them, and thank them for being in church this morning. What a fellowship. What a joy divine.
Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. So right before a pastor gets up to preach, can we just go ahead? We've been talking about worship these past few weeks. Can we go ahead and just open up our mouths and begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Not individually, but as a corporate body. Can we just lift our hands this morning and just give honor and reverence to Jehovah? Give me more keyboard, please. We worship you, God. I can't worship him for you, but you can for yourself. Nobody knows like you know the worth of God to your life.
the one you saved has come to worship you. Say, Savior. Say, Savior. Say, Come to honor you. The one you say has come to worship.
y'all say, say, move mountain. We need you to do it, Jesus. Do it right now, Jesus. Move mountain, say, say, heal sickness. Out of your mouth, say, heal sickness. We declare that you're healed in the name of Jesus. Say heal sickness. Heal sickness, Jesus. And move mountains. You're a mind keeper. You're a mind keeper, Jesus. For peace sake, he's a peace giver. Perfect peace. Declare peace over your life now. Say he's a peacekeeper. Say peacekeeper. Say peacekeeper. I speak peace to you. I speak peace in the midst of chaos. I speak peace in the midst of turmoil. I speak peace in the midst of confusion. You're a peacekeeper. You're a way maker. He will make a way out of no way for you. Sing it loud. Way maker. You're a way maker. You make a way out of no way. You're a way maker. Oh, you are, 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 you you Turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 9, and we want to look at just one verse, verse number 1. I just want to tell you a little story today, and then I let the Holy Spirit do the rest. The book is Exodus. Chapter 9, verse number 1. When you find it, say amen. amen. The Bible said, Then the Lord said unto who? And God said, Go in into Pharaoh and tell him. Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go, that they may serve him. In many translations, it says, let my people go, that they may worship me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence in this place. 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I'm always mindful that this is your church. These are your people. Glorify yourself in this house. Minister to our spirit man. Help our understanding. Somebody is here with a question. Lord, I pray that you will answer every question. Somebody here is believing God for healing in their body. Lord, I pray that you will touch us one more time. Somebody is here in need of a Savior. In times like these, we need you. Send laborers into their vineyard. Lord, I thank you that this day will be a blessing to everyone. Thank you for new mercy. Thank you for your servant. Let your anointing rest upon your servant. Give me an unction to preach the gospel. And Lord, I thank you that your word will not return forward. I thank you for souls in the kingdom. I thank you for miracles, signs and wonders in this house. It is so. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. For those of you that have been visiting with us, I have been preaching a series of sermons on the subject of worship. Today I would like to conclude that series. And I'm believing God that I will get a chance to come back and teach more someday in the near future. When we start this series, we talked about what is worship. We just don't want you to be doing something you don't understand. And we pointed out to all of us that worship is how you react to what God is doing in your life. Every day is a day of blessing. His mercy is new every morning. But your worship is your reaction. That's your way of saying, Lord, you're good. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you've been so good to me. Then the next Sunday we talked about who can worship God. And we pointed out to you that you cannot worship a God you don't know. It is so important for you and me to be born again. Then the next Sunday we talked about how do you worship God? And we pointed out that God wants you to worship him in spirit 
and tell the truth. There are too many liars in the house of God. I believe if Hollywood is looking for actors and actresses, all they need to do is come to the house of God because there are so many actors and actresses. So we need to worship God in spirit and tell the truth. Today, by permission of the Holy Spirit, I want to close on another simple subject. Why should I worship God? You told me what worship is about. You told me who can worship. You told me how to worship. Can you tell me why? We live in a generation that you say something and somebody wants to know why. Even little kids. You say, go brush your mouth. Then you look at you and say, why? Go wash the dishes. Mama, why? Sometimes I just want to why your mouth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But today I want to share with you briefly why you and I should worship God. Many of you know about the story of the Israelites. So I want to use them as a case study for our understanding. In the text I read to your hearing, it's basically information about the people of Israel. You know how they became slaves in Egypt. Am I right about it? For 430 years, they suffered and they were mistreated. Ladies and gentlemen, if you notice, during those 400 plus years, they had no communication with God. No conversation with God. No talk with God. But at some point when the suffering was so much, they cried out. I can stop there and preach to you and me because many people suffer needlessly when all you need to do is just cry out unto God. One scripture put it this way, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So don't just go through trouble all alone. There is a God who made heaven and earth. One of his name is Jehovah Shammah. Believe it or not, he is there when you're going through. So you need to have enough sense to not go through your depression by yourself, to not go through your headache by yourself, to not go through your trouble by yourself. Call upon the Lord. The people of Israel cried unto God, and the Bible said God heard them. 
I can stop there and preach because I've learned in my few years of living, there is an expiration day for every trouble. Oh, you miss a good place to shout. I don't care what you're going through right now. Just knowing you're knowing. The Bible saying all you're getting, get understanding. It's only for a season. There is an expiration day for every trouble. One songwriter say, I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. Somebody shout amen. amen. There's a day you go in, but there's a day you come out. Just look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor, neighbor. I'm coming out. Now, you have to tell him or her what you're coming out of. See, I'm coming out of trouble. I'm coming out of sicknesses. I'm coming out of defeat. I'm coming out of depression. Everything the devil meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for my good. Shout hallelujah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, God helped the Israelites to come out of their trouble. He sent a gentleman by the name Moses. He said, tell Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can worship me. Notice that we're preaching about worship. God made it clear, and you need to take note of that, the purpose of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt to the promised land. God said, I want them to worship me. That same mandate is still true for you and me today. That alone ought to answer the question, why you should worship. You are made to worship God. They left Egypt for the purpose of rediscovering themselves and to reconnect with Almighty God. There was a disconnect for hundreds of years 430 years. But now, God is giving them an opportunity to worship him, to reconnect with the maker of their soul. I believe somebody is here today. There's been a disconnect between you and your God. And if you will humble yourself today, and tell the Holy Spirit, I've wasted too many precious years. Like the prodigal son, you can say, Lord, I'm coming home. These people, they pray for deliverance. But one thing that troubles my soul as I read this account as a theologian, they pray for deliverance, and then when God sent them a deliverer, they didn't receive him. 
That's another sermon by itself. How many times have you prayed for something? Lord, I need me a husband. And here come Johnny. Johnny is short and bald-headed and with big belly. You say, no, Lord, no, not that one. Be careful that you don't mess up your own prayers. They prayed. We need a deliverer. And God sent them one. And they said, no, we're not feeling it. They gave Pastor Moses so much hard time. They told him, why did you bring us here to die? Are there no graves in Egypt? And I will submit to you one reason why many of us are missing out in miracles, signs, and wonders is because we are constantly complaining, constantly murmuring, constantly I don't know about you. I'm tired of murmuring. I believe I'll say that again. I am tired of complaining. I'm tired of having a pity party. I just want to worship God. I am made to worship. He's given me freedom to worship. I live in a free country where I can worship. So I'm going to worship God. How about you? You may want to stay in Egypt, but I'm going to worship God. You may want to die in Egypt, but I'm going to worship God. He brought me out of so many trouble so I can worship him. I want to rediscover who I am in Christ. I want to reconnect with my Savior. How about you? Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm suggesting to you is that you would never find out who you are without God. Did you hear what I said? One songwriter put it this way. He said, without God, I could do nothing. Without him, I will fail. See, you have to include God in your program. I don't care how high you go. I don't care what title or how many degrees behind your name. You need God in your life to discover your purpose, to find out your assignment on earth, to really find out who you are, your own identity. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I right about it? So why do we worship God? So we won't have to die in the desert. Too many people are dying needlessly, physically and in spirit. I challenge all of us today, let's turn back to God. Many of you grew up in the church. Why are you no longer in church? 
It's time to worship God. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, God promised Israel two things. He promised them a land in Canaan. We call it the promised land. Am I right about it? But he also promised them his presence. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now, the problem with many of us is that we are too busy. We spend all of our lives chasing the promise of land. And we neglect his presence. We are too busy. Israel, in their head, in their mind, they're going to the promised land. Show me the land. They sent spies earlier. It says it's flowing of milk and honey. Oh, let's go there. They just want that piece of property. But they ignore the presence of God. Let me suggest to you, stop coveting the promise. Instead, infest your energy to covet his presence. This is where your worship becomes very critical. You know what I found out? I've only lived 64 years on this planet. If you seek his presence, if you get his presence, you will get his promises. Are you still here? But you flip it around of what good if you have the whole world and you lose the presence of God. Whatever you got is worthless. That is why the Bible says seek ye first. The kingdom of God. All is righteousness. Then the Bible says all these other things will be added unto you. Am I still in the book? I can see them being freed from Egypt. Now, the pastor, Moses, began to lead them. And he led them. By the way, I, I need to mention that Moses was not just any leader. It's very important that I say that, especially during this election time. Many times we enslave our own self in this community. By electing the wrong people. Can you all handle the truth? You need men and women who truly cares for the people. Are you all still here? Moses was not just any pastor. He truly, truly loved God's people. True leadership is a gift from God. Are you listening to me? Whether you are over a church, listen to me all you pastors. Whether you are over a business, whether you are in government, you are over the city. The Bible says when good people rule, the people are at peace. The whole city will be at peace. You know I'm free to preach the gospel. <laughs> Don't just fold ignorantly. Part of the 
part of the, the, the problem we're dealing with at the national level today, we created the problem on our own. Not everybody can lead. Amen. True leadership is a blessing from God. A bad leadership is a curse. Are you listening to me today? You cannot make anybody a leader that God don't want them to be. You can't even make your own self a leader. You are either a leader or you're not. And too many people are in position that they don't belong. It's getting mighty quiet today. You can give a man a desk. You can give a man an office. You can even give him a title or even give him a college degree. A bomb is a bomb. So save us some headache. It's mighty quiet now. <laughs> Moses, <laughs> let me get back in the spirit. Moses <laughs> was a true leader. Amen, somebody. Amen. He was in a class of his own. I will not want a pastor over me that doesn't care for God or care for the people. The Bible said this way to tell you, to give you a, a picture of what kind of leader he was. The, God said, I spoke to my prophets through dreams and visions. But as for Moses, I talked to him face to face. Does that give you an idea of the kind of leader he is? But for Moses, the kingdom of God probably will be slow. God loves him. When Moses put down his rod, something happened. When Moses raised his hand, the enemies are defeated. That's the kind of leader you need. Not just in church, even in your home. You telling me, Pastor, pray for me. I want me a good husband. Don't just take anybody. Use your brain for God's sake. Consult your heart. Consult God. Ladies and gentlemen, when Moses get on his knees, miracles happen. If you don't believe me, it was Moses. That God uses rod to part the Red Sea. Am I right about it? It was Moses. When God wants to talk to his people, ain't nobody could go to meet God on the mountain. It was Moses. Talking about a good leader. Who was able to meet God. All those folks, when the mountain began to quake, when fire and lightning began to run, they ran for cover. But Moses was right there with God. It was Moses that God gave the Ten Commandments. The blueprint of the tabernacle, it was given to Moses. 
when you hear about God's people being fed with manna, it was Moses who prayed for manna. When you hear about bitter water turned sweet, it was Moses, the leadership of Moses. When you hear about the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, it was Moses in command. We need good leaders in the city, in the parish, in the state, in the nation. But if you want to continue to be slaves, you can keep on footing for the wrong purpose. And don't call me. Don't call me. Don't call me. You sleep on your bed the way you lay. Everything the people of Israel knew, they heard it from Moses. Every song that you hear the Israelites singing, they heard it from Moses. We need good leadership in our community. Away with all this nonsense, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. You're suffering. Get a clue. We need good leaders. We don't need laborers. We've been playing this stupid game for too long. It was Moses who dealt with the sin of Israel. It was Moses when everybody turned leprosy because he offended God. It was Moses who prayed to God and changed the heart of God. When God gets ready to talk to somebody, it was Moses. When God got ready to heal somebody, it was Moses. When God got ready, you remember when, when, when the serpent bite everybody. People were getting sick. People were dying. It takes leadership. Godly leadership. Anointed leadership. Sometimes I just want to hang up the phone. Say, don't call me. Don't, don't, don't call me. You cannot knowingly make wrong decisions. And then now you're crying, Lord, help me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, but one day, let me get back to my sermon. <laughs> one day, Moses went on top of the hills. Big mountain. And he never came back. Now everybody's saying, oh my God, where is Rev? What happened to the preacher? They did not even know what has happened. They had no clue until God himself had to come and tell them and say, ladies and gentlemen, Moses, my servant, is dead. They had no clue. That the preacher is dead. Ladies and gentlemen, you, can you imagine all of Israel now? They're crying, they're sobbing, they're screaming, they're lamenting. For days, days turn to weeks, weeks turn to months. They were so frustrated. Remember, everything they have been experiencing that is good for them. Is through good leadership. Now, what do you do 
was somebody that you relied on. And you know one thing in Christian living? These people have been traveling for 40 years. They are very close to their destination. You need to watch out for the devil. The devil will always strike when you are close to your miracle. Oh, I'm trying, trying to have somebody to do. That's when you got to step up your worship. Don't just go to a job interview. You got to stay prayed up. You got to be full of worship. By the time you enter the room, the anointing of Almighty God will consume everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you must worship. According to the Bible, the devil cannot mess with you when you are in the presence of Almighty God. Are you listening to me? Anybody that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord, that's right, he is my refuge. He's your covering. If you learn to dwell in his presence, no weapon, form of fashion against you shall prosper. I don't care if it's on your job. I don't care if it's in your business. With God be for you. No devil can be against you. I'm just telling you a little story this morning. These people, now they have to keep on. See, when they traveled for 40 years, they had no automobiles. Did you realize that? There's no steamboat. They had no train. They don't even have wagons. They were going barefooted. They've traveled 40 long years. And now, the gentleman in front is dead. How can you go on without a Moses in your life? I want to suggest to you, I only have a few more minutes left. I want to suggest to you, your worship, your worship will carry you when friends are few, when you don't even know who to trust no more, you know folks will smile in your face, but they will stop. But oh, if you're a worshiper, no worshiper can get stuck in the elevator of life. We need to worship him. Are you still here? And somebody is here this morning. All you got left is God. Everything else is giving way. 
folks that you are trying to rely on, they're gone. Your so-called friends, gone. You've been counting on Brother Baba. Negro is gone. Jesus. All you got is God. All you know is God. All you see is God. All you can hold on right now is God. Tell somebody it's time to worship. You know why? Because I don't know, maybe it's just me. There comes a time when you know in your knowing, you get to a place, you say, if God don't do it, I'm looking for some, some witnesses in the house. You just know, if God didn't do it for you, ain't nobody can do it. All of the ground is a sinking sound. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Tell your neighbor, worship him. In times like these, you need to intensify your worship. You know why? Because everything is shaking. Am I right about it? The government is shaking. Families, shaking. School system, shaking. Even churches. Even homes. Police department. Everywhere you turn, the whole world is shaking. In times like this, we need a savior. Am I right about it? In times like this, you need to be sure and be very sure that your anchor is whole and grieve that solid rock. Who is that solid rock? I'm trying to help somebody. Let me hurry up and stop. God is saying to you and me this morning, he is still God. God is saying, I'm still here. I know you're now in your new season, but I got you. I know you're now in your new job. God is saying, I got you. I know you're in a new position. I got you. I know you're in a new relationship. God is saying, I got you. I know some of you have new devil to fight. Somebody say, I, I got God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He looked at Joshua. He said, Joshua, be, be courageous as I was with Moses. I'll be with you. I got you. Tell somebody next to you and say, God got your back. Tell him again. So I don't know about you. Because I know God's got my back, so I'm going to press on. Tell the same neighbor, press on. I'm weak, but I'm going to press on.
I'm broke, but I'm going to press on. Sometimes I'm confused, but I'm going to press on. See, I'm tired, but I'm going to press on. Sometimes it gets lonely, but I'm going to press on. Sometimes you don't even know who to trust no more. Tell your neighbor, press on. Press on in your praise. Press on in your prayers. Press on in your worship. Press on in your giving. Press on. I got to tell you this before I let you go. God is not here to rub your back. God is not here to give you a massage. God is here to help you discover your purpose. Are you still here? And when you discover something bigger than you. By the way, let me take a, a, a detour a little bit. Some of the problem we have as Christians, our prayer is too small for God. I have five children. They know not to come to me for small things. Amen. If you need one dollar, please don't talk to me. That's an insult. They go to their mama for stuff like that. <laughs> True. You can't go to God with your Mickey Mouse religion asking for nickel and dimes and we stay just going around in circle and not making a difference in our world. God is a big God. He's looking for somebody with a big dream. He's looking for somebody with a big vision. He wants you to have something bigger than yourself that you know if God don't help you, you can't do it. And then he say, call on me. I will show you great and mighty things that you'll never see in your life. I'm about to teach a bunch of pastors here locally on how to, to pastor a church. You know one thing I tell them all the time? Think big. And if you cannot think big, get, get, get out. Get, get, get out. Get out of let's, let's Let's leave room for somebody else that can believe God for big things. You and I, we just talk about $4 million projects. We don't have the money yet, but we serve a big God. Do I have a witness in the house? Amen, somebody. What is my message to you? You cannot survive this season we are in unless you become a worshiper. You need to dwell constantly in the presence of God. Now, let me say this in conclusion because I see my wife is telling me it's time you need to shut it down. See, many of you, here's the mistake we make. We come to church and we say, Pastor, I just come for the word. Some of you even call me, will you please cut down all those songs? Because I see you have so much to preach to us 
but the music is getting in the way. I, I, I came. Some of you would tell me, I traveled long distance to come and hear the word. Some of you come from out of town. But let me see, you, you miss something. See, it is very, very important. Now, this might trouble some religious people, but I don't care. God don't get nothing out of my preaching. Are you listening to me? God already know the world. He is the world. He wrote the doggone book. He know it from page one to the end. When you come to the house of God, you come here to worship him. And the very thing you are assigned to come and do, you say you don't want that. So you miss it. The words that I preach will not profit you if you only come to take. That's why some of you, you're not a marriage material. Because you go into a relationship only to take and not to give. But let, oh, let me help somebody. I know my time is up. But the Bible says, give and you shall receive. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Your cup. Men and women giving unto your bosom. But if you only come here, say, ah, I don't care about uh, praise worship. No, I don't care about that. Oh, choir saying, no, I don't care about it. Let me just give me the word. There's a word that comes to my mind to describe you, but the Holy Spirit don't release me to say You become a thief. Selfish. But God is saying to all of us this morning, I woke you up this morning. Give me some praise. I put food on your table. Give me some worship. I put roof over your head. Give me some worship. He said, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Not easy, they say, Let every Baptist. Not easy, they say, let every Pentecostal. Not easy, did not say, let every black. Not easy, God didn't say, let every white. He said, are you breathing? Are you here now breathing? Can you inhale and exhale? Well, let everything that has breath. If you are breathing, you owe God some worship. If you are breathing, you owe God some praise. If you are breathing, you owe God some hallelujah. If you are breathing, you owe God some thanksgiving. Everybody stand to your feet. Don't let no denomination deceive you. Oh, we just don't do that as Baptists. The devil is alive. God has been good to you. He could care less whether you're Koji or Methodist or Pentecostal or holiness. If you have breath in you, 
He deserves your worship. He deserves your praise. And I wonder this morning, how many of you will say, Lord, I want a covenant with you. I will do better in my worship. Some of you will be raised just to come here and sit down and watch the choir sing. The devil has a way of robbing you and me of our blessing. We are so messed up, we will even not just sit down and we'll say, if they don't sing our kind of song, I just don't like what they're singing. But it's not about you. It's about him. And when you come here, and you worship him, then he in turn speaks to you through the man of God, through the woman of God. It's a reciprocity kind of process. You give him your worship, he gives you his blessings. If you are here this morning and you say, I'm going to do better in my worship. Private worship, public worship, He's done so much for me. You can look back over your life and see things that could have happened. Things that almost happened. Things that should have happened, but you're still here by the grace of God. And you say, Lord, I just want to give you the glory. But for you, I won't be here. But for you, I won't have my job. But for you, I won't be in the land of the living. But for you, my children will not be clothed in their right mind. But for you, my business. You're the one God sent me to find your way to the altar. I want to pray with you right quick. Somebody else is coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else is coming. Yes, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, again. Hallelujah. As we come to the end of this service, Lord, right now, we thank you for your presence right now, Lord. Thank you that you went through to use the man of God to give us a word about worship this morning. Lord, just because of who you are, if you never do anything else, Lord, we thank you right now. You've done enough for us, Lord. Oh, you've done so much, Lord. We thank you right now. Lord, and we come before you right now. Come before you right now, humble as we know how, Lord. Thanking you, Lord. Thanking you, Lord, for allowing us a chance. For you inhabit the praise. You ask that we would just only worship you just because of who you are. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for these that are gathered at the altar right now. Lord, you know the need, meet the needs right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for meeting needs right now, Father. We thank you. We glorify. We give you the honor. Lord. You're worthy of it all right now. You're worthy of all our praise. You're worthy of all our worship. Lord, we just thank you right now. Thank you for the man of God. Continue to bless him. Lift him up. Give him. Refill him, Lord. Refill him, Lord. High for the next service, Lord. And we thank you, Father. We thank you that you've done so much for us. <laughs> and we just want to praise you right now. Hallelujah. We praise you right now. We praise you right now. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Ah, Jesus, you're worthy. Bless these, your people that are gathered right now, Father. And we thank you for them right now. And there are one that don't know you right now, Lord, in the pardon of their sins, Lord. Touch them right now. Right now is a new time for you right now. All you have to do is... Ah, call on him right now. Say, There's no other name that you may be saved. Just accept that the name of Jesus. All you got to do is believe in him. Ask him to be your Lord and your Savior right now. Believing that Jesus sent him into this. God sent him. He died and he rose. You see, I'll be saved. Make him your Lord and your Savior. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you right now. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The pastor is coming forth, him and his wife right now, those of you may have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, you just want to become a part of this fellowship party. Just, you can meet them right here up front, and we thank you right now. We thank you for your presence right now. Now we're going to, may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, may he rest, rule, and die with each one of us. Until we meet again, this we ask in Jesus' name, amen.